So today is more about um, self-discovery. And I mean like nitty-gritty self-discovery, like where you have to sit back and say, look, I did all that bad stuff too. When you're dealing with somebody who has a mental health issue and um, they refuse to get treatment or they refuse to admit that there's anything wrong with them, that could make you hmm, go crazy and maybe even uh, obtain your own mental health issues. So you got to fix that. And uh, the way you do that is by setting boundaries, boundaries with self, boundaries with um how you're allowing this person to treat you and how you're accepting it. What excuses are you making for this person for how they treat you? Um, I mean, the strongest of people, me being one of them, um, we, we fell victim to this because we, we believe that this person isn't truly doing it out of spite, that there's something wrong and that they wouldn't do this mean stuff if there was a, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do this. Right. But they do. And um, when they do it and they're done, they completely forget they have done it. And there you are, shambled. That's the worst feeling in the world because you, you, you've let your um, emotions get into the way of this thing. And you've trusted this person, but they have, a, they, have a, they have a thing. People call it narcissism. People call it bipolar. I mean, name it whatever you want. But you have to sit down and think, now, who am I to have to scrabble through these messes and figure out what the fuck is wrong with this person? Like, I'm not going to study any more books or read any more or hear any more narcissism videos or... And that's just making me think that I have the problem as well. And so I've come to the realization that this is what you do. And, and it's worked for me. You stop. You put the tennis ball down. You put the racket down. And you quit playing the game. Now, when it becomes hard to quit playing that game, then you got to really, really look at yourself. Because uh, that's when you uh, come to realize that you are also probably enjoying the game playing. So... Note to uh, yourself, write it down, keep a journal of it, and just know, stop playing. Stop playing this game with them because they're not going anywhere and they're not ever going to understand that they're going nowhere. And so for you, with your conscious self and your, your, uh, your uh, being in the moment self, searching for, see- seeking, searching, looking for self-help, you got to know, put, put, the, put it down. When you're dealing with somebody who has a mental health issue and um, they refuse to get treatment or they refuse to admit that there's anything wrong with them, that could make you hmm, go crazy and maybe even uh, obtain your own mental health issues. So you've got to fix that. And uh, the way you do that is by setting boundaries, boundaries with self boundaries with um how you're allowing this person to treat you and how you're accepting it what excuses are you making for this person for how they treat you um i mean the the strongest of people me being one of them um we we fell victim to this because we we believe that this person isn't truly doing it out of spite that there's something wrong and that they wouldn't do this mean stuff if there was a they wouldn't they wouldn't do this right but they do And um, when they do it and they're done, they completely forget they have done it. And there you are, shambled. 
that's the worst feeling in the world because you, you, you've let your, um, emotions get into the way of this thing and you've trusted this person, but they have a, they have a, they have a thing. People call it narcissism. People call it bipolar. I mean, name it whatever you want, but you have to sit down and think now, who am I to have to scrabble through these messes and figure out what the fuck is wrong with this person? Like, I'm not going to study any more books or read any more or hear any more narcissism videos or, and that's just making me think that I have the problem as well. And so I've come to the realization that this is what you do and, and it's worked for me. You stop, you put the tennis ball down, you put the racket down and you quit playing the game. Now, when it becomes hard to quit playing that game, then you got to really, really look at yourself because, uh, that's when you, uh, come to realize that you are also probably enjoying the game playing. So note to, uh, yourself, write it down, keep a journal of it and just know, stop playing stop playing this game with them because they're not going anywhere and they're not ever going to understand that they're going nowhere. And so for you with your conscious self and your, your, uh, your, uh, being in the moment self searching for seeking, searching, looking for self-help, you got to know, put, put the, put it down. Ow. Okay, so I have this little patch of grass out front, out back. It's actually my front, but the backyard is because that's the place I live at. But uh, Josh has decided that he was going to grow grass there because it was like where we walk and it's all dead. So he's put a little fences around it and they didn't work. And so I put my own fences around it and they kind of work, whatever. But I also have my beads hung here that are like to catch the sun, my sun catchers that I purposely make myself. So I was just barely... After I yell at everybody about cutting through the fucking little fence that I made, I was cutting through my fence and hit myself in the head with the freaking wind catcher, which is another part of my fence. And it was just to remind myself that uh, you also don't always follow all these demands that you make, Lacey. So check in. So here I am checking in. So, Dad, did you help out with the grocery list? Did you add some stuff you want on there? Why? So you're not paying for the groceries now? You're not going to pay for the groceries now? No, we haven't talked. That's why I told him this isn't my deal. But I do remember what you said you were going to do. Did you tell him that you pay for them? Why? Well, that's moment to moment, day to day. So you're putting a wrench in the system that we thought we were creating, just so you know. So you will pay for them? Well, you were supposed to include your interpretation on that if he made the list and he did what he said he would do and you didn't do what you said. Okay, so there's another argument. So, like a couple of days ago, my dad was telling me how I am, uh, I'm not organized enough. I'm not this enough. I don't cook the right food for him that he needs for his thing, or whatever. This is on a drunk rant. And the next morning, after I cried and told him how rude he was and all this stuff, he said, "Well, you know what? I understand the frustration that you have, Lacey, because it is true. Now, for the past two years, I have been the sole provider for groceries. 
I pay $600 a month rent. I pay all of the utilities because I have a garden. So my utility intake comes into about, okay, so my total rent, including utilities, comes to about $1,200 a month. Now Josh also helps me with that. So we together pay about $1,200 a month rent. The agreement was that we would be taking over the house when my dad dies because none of the other kids could do it, he said. And I guess he gave his option for my brother Austin and for Dylan, and nobody wanted it. Dylan bought a house. Austin bought a house. Casey, Troy, and Sean have their own shit going on, and so the house is now mine. And this is a big, humongous lot. The house is shit inside, but everything else is beautiful. So I've transformed the backyard into my train wreck. It's called train wreck incorporated. We have a healing garden. I have people come here that get healed. Um, we have vegetables that people can come and pick right now. It's really got weeds on one whole side because I don't have any volunteers at the time, including family members. So all of this is my responsibility because it's my dream. So I fruit my dream. Um, I was working as a residential residential coach for at risk youth for the last year. Um, and that's after I got sober off meth, after I, I went through treatment and everything, I, I wanted to work with youth that were like me, that had been child, that had been traumatized by their parents and everything else in life, not just my parents, but my mother's a meth addict, my father's a drunk alcoholic, and my whole life has been shambles. I mean, and then some good shit, and I take the good shit and I run with it, right? And then some bad shit. So I'm on this journey of self-discovery right now in the midst of a possible relapse or breakthrough, who knows? But, uh... So where we're going with this whole fight, I don't know if you heard what my dad had said, but he said to me and Josh the other day, you know, he, he has a lot of faith in the relationship with Josh and I, if we can continue to work this out and it, and it is good what I'm doing. Lacey, I don't think what you're doing is stupid. I just think it's annoying. And, and I don't think that you're all that. And you just got to stop thinking that you're the fucking queen shit. And I'm like, well, you know, somebody in a, in a family of, uh, what do you want to call this mental health, um, Adventees, I have no fucking idea. But in a family like mine, where nobody takes the first effort and everybody passes buck, somebody has to start taking the fucking fall, passing the buck, holding people accountable. And my dad thinks that it can only be him because he's the strong, angry, drunk man. And when I talk, you will fucking listen to me. And when I want something done my way, you will do it or you will be out, regardless of the fucking arrangement. That doesn't work with everybody. I didn't work with my stepmom. That's why the whole relationship was turmoil, and it was a great woman. That she was an amazing fucking woman. But because it's my dad, and he would be so mean to her, and she would leave us with everything. Well, I hated her when she would come back to that fucking pathetic relationship because I thought it was all her fault. That's what I was being told by my gracious dad. And so when she died in 2012, and a whole bunch of shit happened, and I didn't get to say bye to her, right? Or I didn't get to thank her for fucking raising me, and I was in fucking... I hated her at that point. I thought she was honestly lying about having cancer because my dad said that she was probably just lying to come back and steal all this fucking money. Again, and after every time that she did move out when I was little, I'll just do a re- real quick recap. She's an amazing woman, so don't take this to, like, lightly. But it is one reason why, if you were my age at the time when I was little, you could understand. But she would pack up everything and take my two younger brothers, Mark and Austin. Mark is my stepbrother. Austin is the brother that I have with the same mom and dad. I mean, he has the same dad, different mom. So when Carrie would get mad, she would take Austin and Mark, and they would leave. And, I mean, my dad's saying of it is that she would take every bit of his money. Now, I was too young to know if we had money or not. But I do remember that me and Dylan would sit here, my brother that has the same mom and dad as me. Me and him would be left here with nothing. I mean, she took the TVs. She took all the cool games. She took all the fucking movies. She took the everything except beds and whatever the basic shit was. Just to prove a point to my dad of how bad it would be for him when she left. But she didn't realize 
that we were sitting there wondering why. And when my dad would explain it to us, it was just because she was evil and thought that they needed it more than us. So when she would come home, of course I was angry with her. But I wasn't just angry with her, I was angry with Austin and Mark too because they got to go to California, they went to Disneyland, they fucking went and did all this fucking shit that Carrie wanted to do and me and Dylan didn't get to be there. Dylan, he got over it and he would hang out with them more, but me, I never did. Um, I would just not include myself in shit they would do as a family because it didn't feel very family friendly to me and I got myself put in treatment at the age of 13 by running from school, sloughing, doing drugs, smoking weed, having numerous sexual partners, um, trying to find fucking where I fit in. Um, along the way though, I did not ever just love my brothers or their kids as they grew older. I, I inputted myself in their life and I made it a real fucking point to to regardless of whatever my fucking dad and my stepmom and everybody else did, I will always love my nieces and nephews. I will always welcome them to my fucking house. And that's what I will do. And so I, um, I battle with myself every day because I swear to God, I will never hate anybody again the way that I hated my stepmom because when she died, I didn't want her to die yet. So since then, um, through my addiction, through everything that I went through with that, it was all about fucking being okay with who I am when other people pass on so that I know that their energy lives within me and I can take all the good shit I learned from them and put it into my life because there is a reason for all of this. Go back in my pocket. Ow! Okay, so I have this little patch of grass out front, out back. It's actually my front, but the backyard is because that's the place I live at. But uh, Josh has decided that he was going to grow grass there because it was like where we walk and it's all dead. So he's put a little fences around it and they didn't work. And so I put my own fences around it and they kind of work, whatever. But I also have my beads hung here that are like to catch the sun, my sun catchers that I purposely make myself. So I was just barely... After I yell at everybody about cutting through the fucking little fence that I made, I was cutting through my fence and hit myself in the head with the freaking wind catcher, which is another part of my fence. And it was just to remind myself that uh, you also don't always follow all these demands that you make, Lacey. So check in. So here I am checking in. So, Dad, did you help out with the grocery list? Did you add some stuff you want on there? Why? So you're not paying for the groceries now? You're not going to pay for the groceries now? No, we haven't talked. That's why I told him this isn't my deal. But I do remember what you said you were going to do. Did you tell him that you pay for them? Why? Well, that's moment to moment, day to day. So you're putting a wrench in the system that we thought we were creating, just so you know. So you will pay for them? Well, you were supposed to include your interpretation on that if he made the list and he did what he said he would do and you didn't do what you said. Okay, so there's another argument. So, like, a couple days ago, my dad was telling me how I am, uh, 
I'm not organized enough. I'm not this enough. I don't cook the right food for him that he needs for his thing or whatever. This is on a drunk rant. And the next morning after I cried and told him how rude he was and all this stuff, he said, well, you know what? I understand the frustration that you have, Lacey, because it is true. Now, for the past two years, I have been the sole provider for groceries. I pay $600 a month rent. I pay all of the utilities because I have a garden. So my utility intake comes into about, okay, so my total rent, including utilities, comes to about mm, 1200 bucks a month. Now Josh also helps me with that. So we together pay about 1200 bucks a month rent. The agreement was that we would be taking over the house when my dad dies because none of the other kids could do it, he said. And I guess he gave his option for my brother Austin and for Dylan, and nobody wanted it. Dylan bought a house. Austin bought a house. Casey, Troy, and Sean have their own shit going on, and so the house is now mine. And this is a big, humongous lot. The house is shit inside, but everything else is beautiful. So I've transformed the backyard into my train wreck. It's called train wreck incorporated. We have a healing garden. I have people come here that get healed. Um, we have vegetables that people can come and pick right now. It's really got weeds on one whole side because I don't have any volunteers at the time, including family members. So all of this is my responsibility because it's my dream. So I fruit my dream. Um, I was working as a residential residential coach for at risk youth for the last year. Um, and that's after I got sober off meth, after I, I went through treatment and everything, I, I wanted to work with youth that were like me, that had been child, that had been traumatized by their parents and everything else in life, not just my parents, but my mother's a meth addict, my father's a drunk alcoholic, and my whole life has been shambles. I mean, and then some good shit, and I take the good shit and I run with it, right? And then some bad shit. So I'm on this journey of self-discovery right now in the midst of a possible relapse or breakthrough, who knows? But, uh... So where we're going with this whole fight, I don't know if you heard what my dad had said, but he said to me and Josh the other day, you know, he, he has a lot of faith in the relationship with Josh and I, if we can continue to work this out and it, and it is good what I'm doing. Lacey, I don't think what you're doing is stupid. I just think it's annoying and, and I don't think that you're all that and you just got to stop thinking that you're the fucking queen shit. And I'm like, well, you know, somebody in a, in a family of, uh, what do you want to call this mental health, um, Adventees, I have no fucking idea. But in a family like mine, where nobody takes the first effort and everybody passes buck, somebody has to start taking the fucking fall, passing the buck, holding people accountable. And my dad thinks that it can only be him because he's the strong, angry, drunk man. And when I talk, you will fucking listen to me. And when I want something done my way, you will do it or you will be out, regardless of the fucking arrangement. That doesn't work with everybody. I didn't work with my stepmom. That's why the whole relationship was turmoil, and it was a great woman. That she was an amazing fucking woman. But because it's my dad, and he would be so mean to her, and she would leave us with everything, well, I hated her when she would come back to that fucking pathetic relationship because I thought it was all her fault. That's what I was being told by my gracious dad. And so when she died in 2012, and a whole bunch of shit happened, and I didn't get to say bye to her, right? Or I didn't get to thank her for fucking raising me, and I was in fucking... I hated her at that point. I thought she was honestly lying about having cancer because my dad said that she was probably just lying to come back and steal all this fucking money. Again, and after every time that she did move out when I was little, I'll just do a re real quick recap. She's an amazing woman, so don't take this to, like, lightly. But it is one reason why, if you were my age at the time when I was little, you could understand. But she would pack up everything and take my two younger brothers, Mark and Austin. Mark is my stepbrother. Austin is the brother that I have with the same mom and dad. I mean, he has the same dad, different mom. So when Carrie would get mad, she would take Austin and Mark, and they would leave. And, I mean, my dad's saying of it is that she would take every bit of his money. Now, I was too young to know if we had money or not. But I do remember that me and Dylan would sit here, my brother that has the same mom and dad as me. Me and him would be left here with nothing. 
I mean, she took the TVs. She took all the cool games. She took all the fucking movies. She took the everything except beds and whatever the basic shit was. Just to prove a point to my dad of how bad it would be for him when she left. But she didn't realize that we were sitting there wondering why. And when my dad would explain it to us, it was just because she was evil and thought that they needed it more than us. So when she would come home, of course I was angry with her. But I wasn't just angry with her. I was angry with Austin and Mark too because they got to go to California. They went to Disneyland. They fucking went and did all this fucking shit that Carrie wanted to do. And me and Dylan didn't get to be there. Dylan, he got over it and he would hang out with them more. But me, I never did. Um, I would just not include myself in shit they would do as a family because it didn't feel very family friendly to me. And I got myself put in treatment at the age of 13 by running from school, sloughing, doing drugs, smoking weed, having numerous sexual partners, um, trying to find fucking where I fit in. Um, along the way, though, I did not ever just love my brothers or their kids as they grew older. I, I inputted myself in their life and I made it a real fucking point to to regardless of whatever my fucking dad and my stepmom and everybody else did I will always love my nieces and nephews I will always welcome them to my fucking house and that's what I will do and so I um I battle with myself every day because I swear to god I will never hate anybody again the way that I hated my stepmom because when she died I didn't want her to die yet so since then, um, through my addiction, through everything that I went through with that, it was all about fucking being okay with who I am when other people pass on so that I know that their energy lives within me and I can take all the good shit I learned from them and put it into my life because there is a reason for all of this. Whew. I can go back in my pocket. How do you overcome the frustrations you have of your partner when all you see is the things that they do wrong? Well, there is one step. Stop seeing them that way because all you are doing is seeing a reflection of what you hate about yourself. And if you hate something about yourself and then you see it in your partner, it therefore magnifies in them for you to see because it's something you dislike about how you are as a person. And so if you don't stop seeing it, you won't ever see them for who they are it's shitty it sucks it causes all kinds of weird shit people call it narcissism people call it whatever it is all it is is a battle within yourself that you can't get over something or let someone love you stop putting it out there like it's everyone else's shit or someone's a narcissist or someone's this or someone's that or there's a problem with everyone else except you at the end of the day take a deep look inside yourself Think about what you want. Think about how you're stopping it from happening and think about what you can do to change it. That, my friends, is the only way that it will work. And, and stop looking up all this narcissism shit. I'm sick of it being in my feed. Have you ever been getting ready for company to come over or getting to be where you're going to be in public and you are like telling your kids and telling your family members like Shh, they're coming they're coming or it's like everybody has to all of a sudden act so perfect for people who they don't even really know but yet we we keep our manners only for people who are outside of our family and the ones that are in our family we treat horribly and people like let their guard down and they just kind of be them evil mean self sometimes around their family well you guys I think we've done it backwards for our whole lives I think that we were supposed to go out into the world with all of our stresses and then come back home and treat our family with kindness now it could be just that I'm uh and from a different uh breed than everybody else but I've recognized it even that I do it myself like I'll just kind of be more 
a little bit meaner to my closer family members than I would be to somebody who I don't know. And not that that makes me good or bad or anything. It just means like, is there a real concept between that? Or because I would assume that when you're spending a lot of time with other people consistently, that maybe you would cradle their emotions more than you would someone who you don't know. But hey, it's just a thought. And usually that's all they are. When and if, well, no, not if, because you will, you will have it happen. You will find yourself sitting in a spot where you are looking in at what you have created. And then you ponder and you say, well, I can choose to continue thinking the same pattern that I've always thought, which always gets me the same result, nothing good. Or, or I could slow down, not be so angry that my, my yoga swing is not what I want it to be, but it will be. When I learned how to use it right, or hang it up right, I mean, I was just doing it in a classroom that was already set up and I didn't have to set my own stuff up. But see, setting my own stuff up is what I need to do. Learning how to um, create boundaries for yourself after you feel like you've been disrespected is hard because then you feel like, okay, well, now I know how I should be treated so people will just fall into line. Well, no, that's not true because now you have to get accustomed to being treated good. And when you get accustomed to getting treated good, that's still going to be hard because it's still a brand new task. And that task is of accepting good treatment. Now, when you haven't had good treatment and you get good treatment, you're just concerned because the good treatment must mean something bad happened or is going to happen. That's just what you're conditioned to feel like. Um, Nobody purposely made you feel that way. No one did intentionally set that that up for you to feel. It's just kind of what happens when it's consistently the same. So now you choose to look at it differently. Well, you have to look at it differently or you won't get out of it. It'll be a rabbit hole forever. And then it will grow fungus. And so, you gotta get out on top of it. And if that ruffles feathers, so be it. Because along the way of stumbling, you have to um, make some mistakes. Find out how you wanna do it right, find out which one has to be erased, which one has to be reset. And I mean, people take it in little ways, big ways, all ways above. You can have a partner who anytime that you say something correct gets real anxious and agitated and that could set you off from feeling what you're feeling like something you're doing is making them mad I don't give I don't care anymore about that because nothing I do is, is, is bad and if somebody doesn't like it they can find themselves a way out because no more will I be ashamed of who I am in my own fucking presence when the one I'm looking at is me and then you have to do that a lot because if you're ever going to give anybody compassion you're going to have to look at them as you put yourself in their shoes and say okay what could be freaking out here (sighs) breathe I think like becoming enlightened is a lot depressing because like once you once you see it you see more of who doesn't do it how hard it is how simple it is find yourself getting caught up in little triangles and triads and duads and ding doms and you just wonder what would it be if I just had to stop stopping 
when will it just be easy? When will it just be not mind-boggling? When will my mind shut up? Oh my god, that'd be great. I guess this would be manic depressive or whatever they want to call it, but I feel like I need another Xanax. Huh? What do you mean since people are treating me good? What's good about this? What's good about feeling sex? Sex. Sex. Oh, what was it, Josh? What'd you do? Three days, what have you done? What have I done? Oh, he helped me out. It wasn't helping you out? What do you mean he helped me out? I told you to tell him I could pay him on Facebook. I do have money in my fucking bank. I have money in my bank that has to go to Comcast, that has to go, or go to cable, that has to go to specific things. I got to get that thing fixed in my car. But if I need to pay for it for real, which I don't wish I would, I wish I wouldn't have to, but if I do got to pay for it, I could pay for it, but I'm not going to go get cash out because they don't want to give us cash. They won't give me cash. I tried three times. The gas. Yes. I need to go take it in and have them look at it because I have no idea where it's coming from. So yeah, I have money, like I said, but I wouldn't hope that I wouldn't have to pay for the shit. It's not under the warranty because they sent out a paper saying that any of the 2012s with faulty fuel problems, they are not going to be fixed due to coronavirus due to the pump being made in China. So they fucking stopped all those warranties. It's not even that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. That's not what I was talking about. I was talking about, I have money on my card to give to Nick. I told you to have him, I can Facebook him the money. Did you connect that at all? Okay, so then what did you want me to do? I told you to tell Nick and you said, okay, yeah, go ahead and pay him and then he can give me the money back. Did you tell Nick? But then you already had told me that he said that before and I still had to pay 20 bucks. Okay, I don't care. That's what I'm saying. I don't. This, the, what is this all about? I knew if it was about the money earlier, I would have given you money. I told you that. What? Why did that come up? Because I said I had no money. I don't have no money. Just like you know when you don't have no money because you got to pay your bills. I don't have any money spare to spare at all. Every time I spare a little bit of money, I go 10, 20 more dollars in the hole. Until I sit down and pay my bills and have a second to fucking think properly. Because I'm trying to accommodate this situation here. And I don't understand why I'm even trying to accommodate it. Why it's hard. It shouldn't be hard if it's supposed to be right. It should just flow. You know what I mean? Until you want something from me. Why don't you tell me what you need? I think I'm your supply. I don't know. They're addicted to me, maybe. I don't know. And that's what they say. Narcissists have a supply. They're addicted to the... the, the it's like the pounce. The pounce onto the, their prey, and they like it, you know? To see if they can one more time. Because I'm definitely not going to... I'm not going to let this, like, whole little thing where you make me feel guilty about telling you the truth do anything to me. 
Because like I already told you, I don't want to fuck around. I don't want to fucking play this game where you don't get a place for six weeks and this whole thing goes down the hill and everything that we plan on is all my fault because I strung your head around. Okay, then go back home to Nixon, go to sleep, and let me go to sleep. What does that mean? See? That's a game. That's a game you play. On me? Because I told you to go? Oh my God, I toy with you, but you want me to. Then why do you do it? But it's always been like this, apparently. It's always been me toying with you. It's always been me fucking with you. It's always been me kicking you out, putting you back. It's just you not fucking letting it be when I ask you to give me space. It's like you have to be right here. Like, fuck, kick it here. I can't even clean the fucking house. I'm just like sitting there feeling weird as fuck with you around. Like I'm not doing enough to please you or something. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm sorry. I've told you a million times the polite way. You don't give me any feedback. You don't tell me anything I can do differently besides like fucking... Please just stop. Just let me do what I'm doing. Just let me walk all over you. Just let me treat you like shit. It's been a couple days and you've already called me like the B word like 10 fucking times in a day and then just act like you can just say sorry about it. Like it's so... You called me motherfucker when you got here. I didn't say you were a narcissist till now. You called me a motherfucker when we were downstairs. Okay. I have no... Honest to God. I'm definitely not fucking high enough to do this. I'm not. I see right through the triangle. I'm part of the triangle. I'm codependent. Oh my God, dude. When did I say I faked the funk? I said I will take it slow with you as if I already told you from the jump. Every message I sent you was like, no, I'm not jumping into this all the way. I'm not going to jump back in like we do every time. I'm going to take it slow with you and see how you do. But you haven't. You haven't. You haven't given me a moment to breathe. Yeah, you have. You have. You have. I'm, I mean, I don't have to ask politely a million times before I lose my shit, right? I told you we could fuck. You said we could be friends and fuck. It has not been friends and fuck. It's been friends, fuck, stick up my fucking, yeah, we're going to get back together and we're going to do all these plans and we both jump on it. We could be friends and fuck. I'm cool with that. Friends and fuck. Then if we get back together, we get back, we get back together. If not, we don't. You said, why can't I do that? That's what you said we were going to do. So then we fucked it. What does that mean? No, you said you didn't know how to make goals and you wanted somebody to teach you. So I tried to make goals with you. What did we do when we made goals? No, I didn't. See, that's what I'm saying. Look, at, I just need a break. I'm losing it again. I'm losing it again. And I had anxiety medication and it's just making me feel nuts. I got my medicine. I thought we could talk and chill like you wanted to do, but it hasn't been that way. And we are having the kids back tomorrow, apparently. And I haven't got anything done. So I, not only have you not followed through with your end, nor have I. My room's a fucking wreck and I'm out here fighting with you over nothing. We can't even pinpoint it. What is this called? Is this how we conversate normal human beings? No, you're saying one thing and doing another. I'm doing everything I said I was going to do. Then why are you here? I wanted you here to call your mother with me in a three-way phone call. And you were, you were supposed to come then, but you didn't come for three hours. You took three hours to get here to do the thing with your mom after everything was already leveled down. And I was having a hard time with dealing with it because your mom has my kids. And I was trying to be kind. And so, yes, I, of course I have you near to me. Because I'm wondering what the fuck you're doing with my kids. Fuck. No, but, but it makes me feel a little bit more safe knowing that you're fucking on my side when I hear it. Or when I hear it out of your mouth what I'm thinking and you're not fucking with me. To, yeah, I like that feeling. I do. But does that mean I'm going to deal with myself being psycho over this shit? No. 
Doesn't mean you can come inside if you want and do whatever the fuck you want anymore. I don't care. I don't. Fucking. Luna, I'll be right back. Thank you.